This podcast is for education purposes only. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of the United States Marine Corps, United States Navy, or any other Department of Defense entity. The material and information presented here is for general information only. Welcome back to episode three of the No Way Out podcast. As always, he's better dressed than I am. He has camper shoes on. Those who are of the uninitiated with a camper shoe, uh, we're trying to get sponsors as we speak with a camper, but it's a powerful, yeah. beautiful, just original shoe from yeah. Europe. Thank we'll, you, John. We'll need to go to today. the store in Los Angeles. We'll need to travel there together and, and get into some other exploits. Yes, absolutely. And Head get to some Skid shoes. And, yes, thank and, you for uh, that uh, introduction <laughs> to me. It's good to see well, you, John. Well, thank you. And we're so excited to have Corporal Charles F. Coons with us. Uh, yes. Our first uh, episode, we had the battalion commander, and then we had uh, a first sergeant. And now we're, we're having a young man with us, which is really exciting. And uh, uh, Corporal Coons, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing, my man? Hey, uh, no problem. I'm glad to be here. I'm doing pretty good today. Don't think I could be doing any better, actually, you know? That's yeah, awesome. he, he looks great. Awesome. John, uh, yeah. he's got a great mustache. Got it. Rocking the rocking the stash right now. Tell us, tell Handsome. us about the mustache. Why? Rocking the mustache. Wow. So uh, my girlfriend won't let me shave it. She loves it, and um, I hate it. My dad hates it. Um, but it's blonde. You can see it from about five feet away. Anything farther, it kind of just <laughs> disappears, disappears into my face. Yeah, people are like, "Do you have dirt <laughs> on your awesome. lip?" Then they get close, and they're like, "Wow, that's a big old Lorax mustache yes. on your face, like a." Dr. Seuss character, so. Well, yeah, you, I mean, you don't look like a Dr. Seuss character except for the mustache. John and I can't have mustaches. Well, we, yeah, well if, when, when they're talking to us about real things, we have a mustache, they think these guys look like perverts. So we're, we're, we avoid the mustache for counseling purposes, yeah. I think. Well, and it's like, you know, it, when I try to grow one, it looks like uh, Shaggy on, on Scooby-Doo. Yes. It, it comes in, it's all patchy. It's just not worth it and yeah. the maintenance. But if I had that stash, I'd be rocking it. Yeah, yeah and I, I definitely, even though I have dark hair, I do not look like Burt Reynolds when I grow the mustache. Yeah, yeah, that's same for me. It's yeah. uh, Burt Reynolds is not within reach. No, yeah. thank you for sporting it today. Oh, yeah, thank and you. And thank you for your girlfriend for wanting, actually appreciating the she mustache. She appreciates That's yeah. rare. Most She's people about the don't only appreciate one. it. I think she does it to keep other women away from me because <laughs> I have this mustache on my face. And <laughs> no girls want to talk to me. They're like, or, or little kids. It's no yeah, little exactly. girls. Yeah. You're avoiding parks together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not allowed within. 500 feet of a school just because the mustache yeah. the security yeah, exactly. guard sees yeah. it and he's like hey you got to get out of here <laughs> yeah. but i used to have a big old handlebar mustache at yes. some point oh, before wow. i joined yeah. just as a joke i would grow it like once a year so. yeah. <laughs> and if you had amber cl- colored glasses with the mustache wow. that would, you're you're within two miles of a school at that point yeah, yeah that's either a poetic image or a scary image it's just it's, it's mostly it's, a scary image. Not, yeah. no. well thank you for joining us and i just want to give you some credit uh Corporal Charles Coons, uh, he's an MCT Marine Combat Training at 52. Before he came here, he was with them uh, at the MOS School, a combat engineering training camp. He's been through Camp Lejeune's Courthouse Bay. That was May 1st, 2021 to uh, July. Now he's with us at 1st CB62 Area Camp Pendleton, and we're just pumped to have him. His certifications include drone operator. I like this one, UPC or P-Test evaluator. That's how he abbreviated it. Yeah. He's also a green belt McMap, so don't mess with him out in the field. <laughs> uh, he's got CL2 at uh, TCCC, that's first aid. He's a uh, swim qual, fast ropes, you name it. And 
John and I were when we were really we were really excited to get to interview you mm. uh, because we Very. do know you joined a little bit later yeah. in life. Oh yeah, I was 28 when I joined. 28. So I, tell wow. us, tell us in a way your upbringing, where you're from, and kind mm-hmm. of that journey to join as an enlisted Marine at the young age or a little bit <laughs> older age of, of 28. 10 you, years after high school. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Tell us about your... I okay. was actually, I think, too old to be drafted is what's crazy. I joined and I was too old to be drafted anymore, you know? so And then I signed up for eight more years of getting called back and all sorts of stuff, you know, total four years active, four years inactive. But uh, so, yeah... I'd always wanted to join the military, but I had a spouse that I met when I was 19 Mm. and we were together for seven years and I never would join because we were just inseparable for a long time. You know, she couldn't imagine me being away for a couple months, but I always wanted, I always had different interests. Both my grandpas were in the military. Um, My dad wasn't, but he's worked government his whole life. But I tell you, I don't think that I was responsible enough as a person like I'm a real late bloomer with things a lot of times and responsibility was not something that really came around for me until about 23 24 I was just you know rambunctious never in the same place moving around not shaving all that stuff and then one day when my ex had gone away and then like COVID had happened and I was just looking around and I've always read comic books my whole life. And there's there's plenty of com- most comic characters that aren't like the Superman, Batman ones. Like a lot of my favorite ones were in the military. Like uh, my favorite comic character is Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Stewart, Green Lantern, was a staff sergeant in the Marine Corps. He's a scout sniper. Hal Jordan, the main Silver Age Green Lantern, was a captain in the Air Force. You know, so there's lots of military guys in comic books and comic books about just the military and uh covid was happening and i was just sitting there watching comic movies collecting uh unemployment because no one could work and everyone was making <laughs> all this money not yeah. to work and it was the coolest thing that ever happened <laughs> yeah. in the world Gosh, this is great <laughs> everyone's making 900 dollars a week to sit there and just watch movies i i didn't want to watch a movie for two years after that well but uh, i got a call from a marine corps recruiter one day and he just kind of asked me if I had ever been interested. And I was like, well, I, I'd thought about it before, but most of the times that I was interested, I would go to my parents about it and they'd be like, that's not you. You know, you're not that guy. And I guess I just evolved so much over the years that this time when I came to the people in my circle, they were like, I could see you being really good at that. And it had been a couple of years since the last time I asked them. So I kind of started taking the process more seriously and thinking about it. And eventually they uh, roped me in. And two weeks after my 28th birthday, I went to boot camp, you know, <laughs> and it was a shock, you know, being it's, it's weird because you sometimes you're only older mentally because the people around you are older, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, so, like I feel like if a 40 year old was hanging out with, five-year-olds all day they would start kind of having some five-year-old attributes about them at least while they're around them you know Mm -hmm. like maybe they're playing with dinosaurs or (laughs) they have to eat candy so they eat candy so like some part of 
my Marine Corps career has kind of been essentially like playing peekaboo with younger people, you know? <laughs> like, I don't think that sounds, is that offensive, John? Maybe, but I no. like that idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You <laughs> can interpret it any way you yeah, like. Exactly. It, it could be creepy, but it, this yeah. one is not creepy. <laughs> well, a 18 year old younger people yeah. not not <laughs> little kids you yeah. know. exactly they're the 10 mustache, years younger than you at the time yeah. the mustache keeps me away from yeah, that keep talking about that because that's got to be challenging for someone who's 28 hanging out with 18 year olds at boot camp oh well i gotta tell you usually when a young man enlists in the marine corps i would say like a solid 85 to 95 percent of them are a little bit above the curve on maturity like people don't just join the marine corps because they're horrible i think some of them kind of just monkey slime through the cracks you know and they're in here and now you got to deal with them but i think for the most part most marines are ahead of their time when it comes to responsibility and taking that initiative and stuff like that so i didn't have the worst time but the problem for me was more of like the slang the things they find important Mm. you know and um there were just some things that were common knowledge to me at this point in my life as like a 28 year old then that I just kind of knew like factually about the world that they'd never experienced, you know, like I, I'm trying to think of a good example, but like, you know, as a 28 year old, you've been to a bar enough times to know that like, if you say the wrong things to people, you might get bonked in the head, you know? (laughs) And like an 18 year old, his ne- hasn't really like seen the real worldness of being in downtown Chicago at a bar at, you know, in the middle of the night and you say the wrong thing and someone wants to bonk you, you know, yeah. it's like, it's all still kind of a joke to them, you know? And, um, you kind of have to like weigh the water a little bit with them on these types of subjects because you, you want to be cool and their friend, but you also like you're older and that stuff's not as funny to you anymore. Right. Or it's more funny because you've just kind of gotten, <laughs> gotten a little uh farther with that sense of humor over the years i guess but and what what i really appreciate about uh what you're talking about is yeah you do kind of just acclimate to the environment that you're in and i bet you had a lot to offer these younger marines i know you're giggling at maybe some of the things they're doing but Mm -hmm. i think john and i have noticed uh, with you a lot of marines just like hanging out with you or you just have this kind of charisma about yourself or some patience or peace or whatever it is. And whenever you're around you as well, I, I, it's just a nice time. I don't know how to explain it better than that. But how have you been able to, in a way, just showcase that mentor, these maybe 18, 19-year-olds? Because they're the same rank. And you've had some, obviously, a lot of the people who are in charge of you are younger than you, like a sergeant, for those listeners who don't know. A sergeant outranks maybe Corporal Coons, and he could be 23, 24. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted you to touch on that if you could. What What is it? Well, with the sergeant thing, it can be hard sometimes because you're like, like when I was a Lance Corporal, there were times a sergeant was asking me advice about real world things like insurance on cars and like <laughs> yeah. titling, like how do I, you know, get a personal loan? How do I do this? And I'm like, all right, sergeant, let me explain to you, <laughs> you know. But um, for the younger guys or like the junior Marines and those people I really just uh like they understand that I'm older so they understand that you know I am more experienced about certain things even though Marine Corps age time and service were the same age you know but I can relate to them 
uh, most of the time when some junior Marine comes to me and tells me about this horrible thing happening, I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened in chapter four of the book of Charles Coons, you know, <laughs> like I can tell you all about that subject. And uh, I, another thing that I think young people don't really understand how to do yet is listen. And I think that the younger guys just appreciate having someone to actually just like that'll just listen to them and hang out with them and you know, not get mad at them and not poke at them. As an 18 year old, if you joined the Marine Corps, it'd be kind of hard not to drink the, the Kool-Aid of what's going on, you know, and the, the sociology of everything around here. But as a 28 year old, you know, I already woke up early and shaved my face most of the time and stuff like that. So I didn't really have to drink the Kool-Aid to fit in here. Mm -hmm. I was just already kind of responsible. So I think that the, younger guys like me because like even though I am a marine and I'm a very good one I was kind of already like this in a lot of ways before I joined so I'm not changing to be here like they feel like they are so they can come to me and I'm just I'm really just like Charles you know even though I'm Corporal Coons I'm that really who I am at the end of the day is Charles and I really find it important to just care and I think that, you know, it can be hard sometimes to genuinely care and listen to these guys, but it's hard because you're making it hard if you do it, if you listen, even if they're not your favorite person or whatever, maybe they've got something that you need to see, you know, or maybe they just need you to be there for them in that moment. And uh, a lot of guys too, they tend to like me, I'm not going to lie, just because like my extensive history with comic books and skateboarding and art and martial arts and stuff like that. I, I'm very good at things that people do for fun, you know? Right. So like, even if me and this guy, like he's from Alabama and I'm from, you know, Missouri and we get together and we have nothing in common, but he liked that new Spider-Man movie that came out a couple of years ago. Well, now me and him have got a three hour talk about the different <laughs> Spider-Man comics that have been out and all these adversity spider-man's been through and at the end of that we're friends mm -hmm. you know because like i cared enough to just kind of open up to this guy and like i've also traveled a lot of places so a lot of times when people tell me where they're from they're like oh i'm from memphis i'm like oh i've been there that place is pretty crazy you know and the food's great but i don't really like going outside the downtown it kind of gets scary at night you know they're like oh i know or Maybe you just didn't try this and this and you just kind of have to find that little footing of common ground with your fellow Marines and it'll take you so far in the Marine Corps. I, I really honestly believe that. And it sounds like it's 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 not something that just works for you. It sounds like it's something that listening and caring for others is a part of you. And I'm just wondering, like, do you believe that trust is an important thing to foster in leadership relationships? I think it's everything. Like trust is the like the key to having a successful, you know, higher up and junior kind of system because uh I don't know, I see I see things, you know. I'll be out there. I see the things that happen <laughs> and um when you see marines that aren't happy with their leadership you have to question like well in when the day comes if the day comes is that marine gonna go above and beyond for that guy when he needs help 
you know, to put it in the lightest terms absolutely possible, is that guy going to run out for him and save his life? You know, if he mm -hmm. spent all this time breaking his trust, keeping him from seeing his family or talking to his family on weekends or leave requests or something, doesn't happen a lot, but it does, you know, it has happened before. So I think that really, like, you shouldn't be friends with, like, everyone under you, of course, but to have some sort of bond, some sort of banter, some sort mm -hmm. of relationship, some sort of like inspiration given to a junior Marine, that will make them like come so much faster when you need help. Cause yeah. they, yep. I've always been the type of person that kind of preaches that if you make the workplace fun, people don't mind working. So. Okay. So you think it's everything and do you think it makes a difference, um, or actually, let me change the question for a second. What difference do you think that trust makes in a Marine's ability to talk about personal problems, to develop resilience? What do you think about that? I definitely want junior Marines to feel like they can talk to me about personal problems um, and be able to come up to me. So at bare minimum, it gets off their chest because like maybe I can't fly them out to Wyoming tonight to go see their ex-girlfriend because she's hurting that Marine's heart. You know, <laughs> maybe I can't do that for him, but I know that sometimes it's better to just have someone that'll sit there and listen to it and say like, is that everything? Or like, Oh, well, how did that make you feel? And they get to actually get it off. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's better to just have that person in your corner and walk away and to know, for me, it feels really good sometimes to know that I bonded with someone enough for them to feel comfortable coming to me with these life issues that for them are terrifying. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that's an absolute important key. And what I really liked uh, about what you're talking about is in what John and I do is we try to just talk with them about something they're interested in. And that's so simple. And I wish so many, I wish so many leaders and other people just understood this. Just show a little bit of interest in something they like. Yeah. And, and I had to really try to get into ingredient. anime recently. <laughs> yeah. Because so many Marines love anime. I'm like, oh, I got to go watch an anime film. So I, you know, tell me a film I should watch. And it's nothing, and I may never love anime. But to say, like, I tried it out, I looked at it, I watched it. Luckily, it wasn't in that crazy, creepy, dark, weird anime stuff. It wasn't but, uh, anime porn. <laughs> yeah. I hope not. Well, no, it wasn't. <laughs> but, but That's at the, same, the good stuff. But then you can just <laughs> simply go and talk with them and say, hey, watch that movie. I still don't understand it. But And then all of a sudden, you start having a conversation. What I really liked about what you said there is it's, it's, it's not rocket science. Oh, no. And it's, it's not necessarily, I'm not best friends with these people either. It's more of just showing a common interest in, in that person sitting next to you or at work, making work a little light sometimes, a, little, a few giggles here or there. It's it just, yeah, work sucks sometimes. Like, it just does. Oh, yeah. And and if you have someone that, you, like, well, I'm excited to see such and such, though. Even though I'm going to work, well, at least John's here at work on certain days when I know I'm going to have a long day or RP3, my assistant, right? I, at least I know yeah. they're there, and they make my life. Why leave you out? A little more <laughs> I'm pleasant. I'm so sorry. He's, he no, didn't. I didn't leave her out. <laughs> I mean, she just made a, a has a Christmas tree in here for us. She makes this yeah. place really just amazing. But it, it is amazing. There's such a uh, even as a marine, even though we're tough, right? We're these tough dudes. Just a little levity, a little enjoyment, a little 
don't make fun of somebody because they like, I don't know, some weird video game or I, I don't know, whatever it is. Just say, oh, that's interesting. Join Tell me about it. it. Yeah, yeah, join them in it. Yeah. Well, you know who else is tough? Superman. That guy's a really yes. nice guy. And I know he's fictional, but there's there's people out there that are kind and strong. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you can't just assume like, oh, just because I'm tough, I'm Clint Eastwood all the time, you know? <laughs> I'm constantly just biting into people and all that. You, there's there's ways to be good at your job, still be efficient, and to still be kind. And I, I don't know, sometimes I think that people feel like they have to rip into people for all sorts of stuff, and I've just never been able to participate in it because I've always been kind of more of the, uh, oh, how would you word it? Like, the, the guy that keeps everyone's hopes up in a hard field up. But when I was going to the field all the time, I always had caffeine pills on me. You know, I had candy, plenty of water. I would even bring like coffee packets sometimes. And I would always joke. And you would not believe how much like just having one person in a squad that's in somewhat of a good mood. Right. Just happy to be there. Even if I wasn't really happy to be there, I'm good at acting, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so you make it kind of stuff. Yeah, it would make every it would make the time just fly by better because next thing you know, someone's talking about this thing that's coming out. And real quick on anime though, you should check out the Studio Ghibli films. Yeah, I've I've seen Spirited Away. Those are uh, they're not like it's not like a yeah. shonen anime where a guy's screaming, but they have little stories to it. It's, I, see, John, I'm learning. Okay, for our listening audience, that was called Studio Ghibli. Yeah, okay. Studio Ghibli. All right, so Studio Ghibli's listening. We'll take whatever we'll donations take. you have. <laughs> we'll give it to Corporal And Kim. if Monster Drinks are listening. <laughs> and what was our other sponsor, the possibility? Oh, yeah, all kinds of anything. There's, we'll point. take anything at this point. I'm just wondering, like, that idea, I'm guessing your skills might come naturally. However... Uh, you probably had to develop yourself as a person um, in a certain way where your Marines can trust you. You had to have developed yourself in some kind of way. And, and what have you done to foster trust? I know you've been talking about it um, along the way, but with this question in mind, I want the listening audience to really hear your heart about what you've had to do to develop yourself as a person so that your Marines can trust you. Sounds sort of like a way of your heart, but there may be things that you intentionally had to do or the things that you intentionally do to get to foster trust. That's a pretty difficult question, and it's not because I don't somewhat know the answer. The problem is the answer lies very far in the past because keep in mind i'm 31 yeah i've been a trustworthy person for a long time i wouldn't say my whole life Mm -hmm. you know because i was kind of a little troublemaker kid would flood bathrooms at summer camp and stuff like that That sounds exciting it was amazing yeah i like the idea but (laughs) we should flood the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) not here because there's never paper towels in the marine corps yeah Yeah. 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 let's not let's not do that this place would be a little swimming pool we'd have two (laughs) two 62 area swimming pools um, I got to tell you, though, that reading comic books uh, was one of the biggest life-changing events for me. Really? My dad owned 
one of the oldest comic stores in the nation for a couple of years. And he had one before that that was just his. Wow. My third word as a little boy was Superman. After mom and dad, my third was Superman. Nice. My fourth yeah. was Batman. So I've just been reading comic books my whole life. And even though a couple years I was a little bad skateboarder teenager, it it buffed out. And I started working towards that journey of kind of being that figure for my friends and family mm -hmm. far before I ever got here. Okay. To be forgiving and kind and mm -hmm. loving, but still strong enough to do the things that were necessary. And um, honestly, just my friends and family back home, there was a lot of times where things weren't great. And it came down to this idea of like, well, am I just going to leave it this way? Or am I going to buff it out? You know, am I going to make things better? And through that, you kind of learn what the mistake was and how to avoid them, how to care and how to make relationships right from the get-go mm -hmm. when you've messed up a good relationship and now you've got to fix it or maybe you've had a relationship with someone that just simply wasn't good because the chemistry wasn't mm -hmm. there you meet someone similar to that years later you kind of can rework yeah. that that equation again you're like well I met someone like you I didn't like 10 years ago but maybe this time it can be different yeah you know and um I tell you, every morning when I meet up with the Marines that are under me or like the Marines that are kind of under me, but I'm still looking after them, but they're not really mine, I always tell a joke. I've got like some funny-esque nickname thing that I call them or, you know, we're, we're, we've all got these inside jokes and I, I do head them a lot of the times and some of them may not be appropriate for this podcast. Um, uh, some of <laughs> This is an explicit podcast. I, I, well, I don't want you to get in trouble. But if you have a good joke for us right now, John, come on, give us something. You can't just yeah, say, I, yeah. I, I like to tell jokes. Well, come, give yeah. us one. Let's say we just, well, here's one. We call each other little shrimps, like especially the biggest guys, like the big muscular guys. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, man, he's looking shrimpy today, mm -hmm. like a jumbo shrimp, like just, <laughs> and we're, you know, like the little tiny animal. <laughs> and, <we're, laughs> and it's just like... You know, and it's like we kind of just pick at each other like, oh, that's a that's a mackerel shrimp right there, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. an immaculate <laughs> shrimp. Just want to pop them in my mouth. <laughs> just say goofy stuff like yeah. that. I honestly, I don't know. Some of them are there. I wouldn't say they're offensive, but just like we'll talk in like southern accents or like sure. the 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 run of the mill, like stripes drill sergeant way of military speaking that everyone thinks of us when we thinks yeah. how we speak. We'll be like. Corporal Newsom, I saw you today at 0800. <laughs> you were typing on that computer for five minutes, but I did not see a single word typed. All you were doing was hitting the space bar and the backspace. For five minutes you did that, trying to look busy. Lance Corporal Newsom, please report to Sergeant Major immediately and tell him about this amazing act you have performed. You know, and we'll just... This goofy joke, yeah. and they kind of just make everything better because we'll be like cleaning the bathroom, right. and I'll be like, "Private Hudson, you need to plunge the urinal right now." You know, <laughs> you, you just and it it just kind of adds a little bit of character to the stuff because it's funnier to me knowing that somewhere out there in the military there is a guy actually speaking like that, yeah. yeah, and he means it. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so I'm just adding to that guy's tradition. Yeah. Yeah, you're reverencing that uh, that, that man's name, whoever that <laughs> That's right, may be. whoever that is. <laughs> but I think humor, uh, looking your 
you know, guys and eyes and uh, making that bond is going to ma- And also, if you can stand up for them, do it. You know, if, if you're the shield from some in, NCO or staff NCO that hasn't been a Lance Corporal in this day of age and these times, and maybe they don't understand this guy's life, and you do, if there's one time you can be that shield and it, it could work, just go for it, you know. Now, every time that the PFC is late, you can't just yeah, stick exactly. up for him. Yeah. But if it was truly the time he was using the bathroom, and you know because you two went out to Buffalo Wild Wings together the night before and yeah. he was eating the hot wings, that's the time <laughs> to stand up for the guy, yeah. right? You know? Yeah, the poor guy's got to sit on an ice cube tray at that point with a, with all those <laughs> Buffalo Wild, hot, spicy wild. Oh, so yeah. you have some compassion for that person. Oh, yeah. Well, but, and to take, take one for him, like you said, not every time, but if you know your people, right, I like that. I Shifting gears a little bit, some of your fun facts that you sent me, which I really appreciate. Uh, you and I both uh, are very good at things that don't make money. <laughs> I'll put it in those terms. We're very, story of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Renaissance story of men my in life. a way. Yeah. The, <laughs> Renaissance men in the old days were really great until all of a sudden we had to specialize in things and make a lot of money. And what I loved about and there reading became this homelessness. Is, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're a musician. You're a painter, illustrator. He writes his own comic books. He does martial arts, karate, boxing, Muay Thai, wrestling, the whole shebang. Now, Gamut. I, yeah. I think partly, you know, you, you may not understand why perhaps that a little more, I, I think you're a very resilient Marine. When I see you and mm-hmm. talk with you, you enjoy life. Yes, life has its challenges, but I want I want to talk about perhaps music. I know you're very good at music, and, and I... I play guitar, I play drums, and you you play other instruments, guitar as well, and other instruments. I I want you to tell me about the importance for you as you're getting older, right, with developing these these talents, these hobbies, or or finding that guitar in a tough moment or whatever it might be, or writing music. Tell me how, or your comic book stuff, what does that do for you or, or your soul or your mind or your heart when when you're participating in this act these activities? Well, I'm I'm going to break it up a little bit for music and illustration. I'll start with music cuz they are very different things mm-hmm. for me. But music is interesting cuz it gives you a way better chance to bond with a couple people at once. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you play guitar, I play guitar, let's yeah. play guitar together, you know. Oh, you know, the problem with me and music is I don't learn other people's songs. I only know my songs and I can Dude, make up we're songs the same on the spot. way. I- People ask you, oh, you do cover bands. Like, no, no, I just write songs. But mm-hmm. thank you. So we can, you know. I'm finally happy to meet someone else. I've been walking this lonely, I only write my own songs road a while. And then I'm pretty good at like just playing an A minor, a C, and an a G, and just making up some tenacious D spot on the song on the spot. Like I it's actually one of my mini talents. I can make up like a nine minute song about a squad of Marines fighting a dragon and then he turns into the devil himself. And then, you know, you got to fight him. It's, it gets pretty epic. I dreamed that last night. Yeah. That's weird. (laughs) I've impressed quite a number of people with it. Um, (laughs) But tell me what it does for your, your heart and your mind with, with when you, when When you play play and you think and you write. Well, it just kind of uh, gets rid of any sort of anxiousness and I'm not really an anxious person, but just kind of like to creatively flow and sometimes to remind myself how much work I've put into something 
because at this point now I've been playing guitar for like 20 years. Yeah. So I'll go pick a guitar and I'm like, man, I sound like crap today. And someone's like, that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. And I'm like, uh, you know, it's all right. And but I go, uh, I do an open mic night uh, at Knuckleheads on Wednesdays. And I usually do stand up comedy with uh, Dawson Clifford. Uh, he's a Lance Corporal around oh, here. This is great. Yeah. John, we got to go see this. We I got to see this. We do oh, two-man yeah. stand-up comedy. Now, oh. he's about to deploy, so we are going to take a break. But we uh, we got asked to do our own show. The problem is we never practice. We always just wing it. <laughs> we always wing it. But um, And then after stand-up's over, I do a couple of my own songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, to me, it's just always been nice to just be able to go up in front of a ton of people and not be nervous. That's kind of what I use music mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Is like, you know, I could have to pull my pants down in front of a, you know, stranger's wedding and scream, I object, and I would be just so confident when I did it. And music <laughs> music taught me that. And um, and then, yeah, just getting a bond with people is kind of a rare experience. Because, like, when we were in deployment in uh, Okinawa and we got on the ship, even on the ship, there was a guitar mm-hmm. in the uh, chapel. And I would sneak down there, and I wrote one of the first songs that I'd written in about a year on that ship. And I've been performing it. It's stand-up, and it's a pretty good song uh, for me, you know. It's I, I sing you a like little it. higher. Yeah. I like it, yeah. Everyone I've showed it to likes it. I mean, I don't think it's, you know, any Shania Twain number one hit coming out on the billboards or anything like that. Well, you're that. not as pretty as she is. Yeah, Sorry. well, she's... She is Shania Twain. Um, and I understand she's got a pretty good mustache also. Does she? Yeah. She grows I, it out, I, yeah. No. <laughs> she would see my mustache and say, that don't impress me much. <laughs> yes, there yeah. we go. <laughs> so you got the mustache, but do you have the touch? That's what she there would probably <laughs> say. Um, yeah, music, though, it, it helps me bond with people and stuff like that. The reason I kind of put music down about five years ago, not all in all, but mostly because... I got tired of waiting on the band to show up, hmm. you know, like the drummer was drummers are the worst, but the drummer was always late, you know, and then like the bass player only wanted to show up to practice and then he left and really he was an amazing guitar player. He just picked up the bass so he could find a band and I got a little tired of the inconsistencies with making music. So I kind of switched to my other hobby more full time, which is painting and illustrating. Mm-hmm. Painting is fun because I can paint and watch a show at the same time, even though I end up missing a lot of it. But it's really kind of like a trans, which I think is what a mm. lot of people feel with music. Yep. It's what I used to feel with music back in the day. But I get I get painting, and I'll get painting for like 12 hours some weekends, and I'm just like completely zoned out, and then I look up, and it's 2008 p.m. at night. Mm-hmm. Now, with writing my comic book, though, that process has just changed my life because I tell you, my comic character has saved me mm-hmm. a lot of times. He's been there just kind of in my head. He's like, you still got to write me, man. You know, <laughs> I'm still in here. You still got to finish that next page, you know. You got to tell my story because someday people are going to like it. It's just my comic character has made me draw so much better draw so many different angles and muscles and how they're held in certain positions and also made me kind of develop 
a story that I consider somewhat new and I've read a lot of comics and seen a lot of manga and it caused me to really think outside the box of like, well, how do I write a story that's somewhat unique in 2023 Mm -hmm. or at the time when I started was like 2019. It all came from books that I'd wrote in like when I was young, I'd been working on this series for a while and hope to publish it someday by 45 or 50. I'd be very happy (laughs) if I could get a couple issues out by then. But uh, I have six issues done, but they're not inked. And I told myself I wouldn't release them to a press until I had 10 issues done. Sure. Fully colored and stuff. But that long-term goal kind of reassures me and keeps me going throughout the day. Because, like, let's say I get depressed today. Well, my comic book's still waiting to get published by the time I'm 40, you know, or, mm-hmm. or 50, you know. So it really kind of, like can keep me out of my head a lot having a goal like Mm -hmm. that that's unaccomplished because a lot of the smaller things in life like wanting to go to japan the marine corps did that for me you know wanting to go to the grand canyon um wanting to be a black belt in karate things like that small things wanting to do all these small things they're done for me you know i already toured with a band once i already got a black belt been a marine i've gone to japan for four months so now that's left of these big goals that you've already spent so many hours on, you yep. know, as a person, you're like, I ain't throwing in the towel just yet, you know? So it helps me keep from getting any sort of uh, depressed or any sort of anything further than depression, you know, mm-hmm. those types of subjects. Sure. Um, but then I also spend a lot of time writing them and studying morality and inspiration yeah. and like, Uh, adversity like the other day I had a private who was given to me because I'm in headquarters I'm not going to say any names or anything and some of the problems that he was having was like you know fighting DUI drinking and stuff and I told him I had to counsel him and I said yeah I want you to watch um, some superhero movies and Mm -hmm. some war movies and I need you to kind of like either talk with me or if you don't want to talk to me about this, I need you to write me like a paper or at least have a discussion with me about what is morality, what is uh, selflessness, you know, and what is sacrifice. And I said that to him because I'm like, I was like, and it all started with like him asking me to mentor him. And I'm like, okay, well, if you want me to mentor you, these are the things that I find important in this world. I find selflessness and sacrifice important and you can't have success in the marine corps i feel like without these types of attributes to you so that's and i don't want to push my way on anybody you know some people get by being more looking out for number one and i i don't know if my way is the right way it's kind of a hippie way of looking at things like hey man you should give that last orange to him because he's hungry (laughs) and he's like no way i worked hard for this orange you know that's kind of the (laughs) kind of the two sides of it but um actually last night i was at a mall in mission viejo and there's an art gallery there and i got told that i could post my art there if i wanted to so i'm thinking i'm gonna put a couple paintings up between the in the december month so yeah Talking about art, just like throwing a little advertisement out there. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Make sure that you visit the Mission Viejo Mall, ladies and gentlemen. See Corporal Coons' artwork, please. But when you're talking about. And buy it. What I I love what you're discussing is you have this goal, 
and, and this this character that you're developing, you're pursuing, you're pushing, you're researching, you're thinking morally, and you're creating this like superheroes. Even though people might think it's fiction, no, they they are touching on these big subjects. And when you're being very creative, when you're writing these things, it really, as I'm seeing you talk about it, you get excited, mm-hmm. your eyes light up a bit, yeah. you have purpose, you have some meaning, even if it's just a comic book. And I try to convince all kinds of Marines, same with you, John, probably as well. Let's pursue some some hobbies, something interesting that, that drives you a little bit, that gives you a little bit of meaning or taps into that part of you that is creative. That What I love about comic books on a certain level is you can kind of... I can't be Superman, but I can. Something in me says that I want to do what he does. I want to. I want to think more like that. I want to attach myself to this bigger idea and pursue that idea and that passion and that maybe alter ego you have in this character you're developing. I'm already. I want to read about it because it probably is going to touch a little bit of who you are as a person as well, and what your aspirations, what your goals are, and. And these Marines, many Marines and sailors, and even individuals our age, John, you know, yeah. you're a few years younger or older just than me. Just a few years. I still see that they younger. just seem apathetic. They just seem, they're living, but they're just flatlining. And they're not tapping in, perhaps, to some of that creative flow, as you will, like that, that you've just gone after it. And you, there's really, you're not sure what's going to happen when you tap into this creative side of yourself. But... It's usually a powerful experience. And I'm, I'm grateful that you shared that because as someone who writes music, and it, it, I don't know how to explain it. I tell people to write in their journal, write something, get, get those juices flowing, and you'll be shocked at what shows up. You might start researching. You might, oh, I should read this book, or, or maybe I should call this person, or whatever it might be. And there's this bigger goal, even though you may not, I hope you publish the 10, whatever it might be. You better. Yeah, yeah you better, because I want to read them now. I, yes. So many people want to read it, and yes. I'm like, well, I got to get it all right first. You know, I got to make sure that issue two matches with issue five and all that stuff. Yeah. So. yeah, and it's probably kept you away from a lot of other dangerous types of hobbies, so to speak, like tons of alcohol or whatever it might be. Oh, or, yeah. Or sinking down into perhaps a, a big depression like you were talking about. Like, I can go into that character or go into that mm-hmm part of myself and and that all of a sudden i'm tired i'm gonna go to bed now yeah yeah well i I just don't draw as good when i drink you know (laughs) yeah so there's mornings where like i wake up and i want to watch the chiefs game because it's on at noon or 10 o'clock and i'm like well if i watch that chiefs game and drink a beer my drawings are gonna be real sloppy that's gonna be a lot of correcting i'm gonna have to (laughs) do tomorrow and what would it be like to watch a Chiefs game sober? <laughs> I don't know. He'd be like, how have these guys been doing okay in the past yeah. couple of years? But I think, Chaps, you're talking about this the idea of, of you know developing perseverance, developing resilience in the face of hard times. And we all go through sadness, loneliness, heartbreak. We've all suffered family problems. And these kinds of things. And and here Charles has developed a perseverance. Um, we're very interested in that perseverance um, and resilience in the face of, of your adversity. And we're coming to learn and understand how important music is to that, how important drawing, how important comic story uh, is to the efforts of adversity, um, overcoming adversity, and developing resilience in the face of those 
in all the hard times that you could experience, here's all these things that you have to put against it. I'm wondering like what you might say um, to one of your Marines who have lost hope, you know, who've been through bad situations, and I say situations, plural, uh, because they just might be really going through it. And what you might say, given, even even given the the comic character in your own mind, the persona that you created, guides you in in a lot of ways and guides your writing and guides your motivation. What would you say to one of your Marines who's been, who's lost hope, who's been through bad situations, who wants to isolate, who wants to control their all their circumstances? What would you say to them? I know that's a tough, loaded question, but it, <laughs> but being you and being what you've been through and given what you've developed in your own life on how to take on adversity and, and your own perseverance and resilience, what would you say to somebody? Well, would first off, I would listen to just everything that they have to say because um, you can't – you. You got to make sure they even want advice, you mm -hmm. know, because sometimes people just want to let it off their chest and that alone yep. mm -hmm. might be it. But if they're not asking for advice, I'm not really the type of person to lay a lecture on them. But mm -hmm. usually, though, I always have a go to. I'm not going to lie. And it, it's going to stem back to comic books real quick. <laughs> sure. And I, th this is one that I've said to many people, and usually it does good. I'm like, you're having a hard day and they'll be like, yeah. I'm like, you're having a hard life. And they'll be like, yeah. And I'll go, you know who else has a hard life? And they'll be like, who? I'll go, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> the you adversities know. of Spider-Man. And I go, but you know who gets up every day and smiles and does everything that he can for every person that he can and still does all the right things and never lets those hard days get him down? And they're like, who? Like, they don't know who I'm yeah. going to say. And I'm like, Spider-Man, you know? Yeah. And I go, do you remember that part in that movie where that building fell on Spider-Man and he was sitting there crying, looking at his mask in the water and he kept saying, get up Spider-Man until he got up. Mm. And they're, they're like, uh, oh yeah, that's, a, that's such a good part of that movie. I'm like, well, maybe it's time for you to get up Spider-Man. Wow. You know, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's usually, I usually say something in those realms, but what the moral of that kind of, I say it humorously so maybe they can get a laugh out of it, you know? And so I like to do something where I act dumb when really I'm saying something kind of, let's be real, profound. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, well, Spider-Man, yeah. the comic, whoever wrote the story said the profound thing. Yes. We're just yes. borrowing their ideas. I quoted them. something very profound. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, there you go. But the moral of the story is I have to kind of help people sometimes realize that the strongest people and the best people and the people that we read about that made history – they had bad days and they still got up and did the right thing anyway. And sometimes their worst day was the day they did the right thing. And doing the right thing is hard and being happy is hard. It's a process. But if you give up, you're just going to be sitting there in the unhappiness. So there's really, really like, I, and that's something I even have to tell myself sometimes. Like, I'll be having a bad day. I'm like, okay, well, I guess it's time to get up and do something for me, you know? Mm -hmm. I got to listen to uh, some 90s pop music and go get some Panda and draw some drawings. Because yeah. if not, 
I'm just going to be making everything worse myself. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of have to, I do my best to inspire them without, you know, realizing or without them realizing what I'm doing, that they are stronger than they know they are and that they can tackle this. They can handle this bad day and they can mold it into whatever they want. And really this bad day is a chapter that in a couple months they're going to look back at and they're going to be like, that was a pretty interesting part of my life. You know, Mm -hmm. this is just a little bit of character development and someday 10 years from now, they might not even remember this day that was so horrible to them, but they'll remember the lesson that the bad day taught them. And that Mm -hmm. was sometimes you, you just got to smile through it. You just got to make a joke when things are hard. Mm -hmm. You just got to stand up when you feel like sitting down and you just got to be good because like, it's kind of like when you're dealing with little kids. Okay, but I know I have a mustache. But John I mean and I this. have kids. Yeah. So we're, we're ready for this parental advice. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes if you act like the car's on fire, oh, they're yeah. going to act oh, yeah. like the car's sure. on fire. You know? So you got to tell people, like, even if you're having a hard day and they're having a hard day, all of a sudden you've got to step up to the plate and essentially be Spider-Man, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you gotta just act like everything's, it's okay that it's hard. It's yeah. okay that it's difficult, you know? That's the point of life. Like, mm-hmm. do you really just wanna sit there in a mansion eating grapes from your servant's hand looking at a beautiful view? No, nobody uh, wants that. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. That, well, that, at our age, John. That sounds pretty attractive. But what I like that you're saying right now is it seems and part of what we're trying to help Marines and sailors and others navigate is you've accepted that it's going to be hard. Like at this point in your life, it seems that this is going to be part of my story. Yeah, suffering like, a part of life. This, this yeah. is it. And, and I've accepted this piece. And then I have a little bit of choice in this suffering. And that choice for you seems to be I'm going to get up and try to smile and in two years from now, this will be part of my character development. This will be part of my story where, in a way, I'm thankful for that mm-hmm. suffering. I'm thankful that this showed up in my life. And obviously, in the moment, very challenging to to somehow showcase that. But what you're also discussing, I mean, comic books. Maybe I should just have my kids read comic books. Or, instead, yeah. instead of the Bible, you know, the Bible is just yeah. confusing. Comic books seem to just get to the point and get comic it right. Comic books, yes. <laughs> Something it, else, no. Yeah. <laughs> Casinos, yes. Yes, yes. Disneyland, uh, no. No, exactly. Yeah. We're Casinos there. are it. See, <laughs> well, we actually had a piece on that. We're, uh, we're going to publish that between, yeah. at a later time. But I really appreciate this idea of, <laughs> okay, I have a choice. This is going to be part of my story. I'm going to suffer, and I'm going to try to suffer well, whatever that might mean. And for you, it sounds like, okay, I'm going to laugh through this. We're going to get through this. Spider-Man got up, so I'm going to get up. (sighs) Right? There's no real explanation why this suffering showed up. You didn't make any choice in that. It just showed up. And to be somebody who you're suffering with, and they're like, oh, we're suffering well together. And they're going to mirror your behavior. behavior. And that's the thing about parenting as well. You're right. If you, if I went home tonight and just, oh, you stupid kids, the dishes, blah, blah, well, they're <laughs> going to participate in that same activity. They're going to mirror what I'm doing. And then there, there is sometimes where I think, like, my kids are crazy. Wait, that means I'm crazy. <laughs> Shoot. It's not their fault. Like, I'm the crazy one. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm the crazy one. Yeah. 
And I, I think that's a really powerful way to think about uh, approaching the subjects and the, the pain that you, you will just, you know, suffer in your life. That there's this long-term solution similar to your comic books in a way. Like, I have this goal in mind, and this is part of my story. And I'm going to suffer, but we'll get through this too. And I'm going to choose to get up. Well, there's a saying that's kind of been going around recently, and it's, you can either suffer or suffer. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do with your time. There will be a little bit of suffering in there. The choice is, do you suffer and lay down on the couch, or do you suffer and go and to work. a gym and work? Yeah. Or yeah, or it doesn't matter what you're doing. The bad times will come. You could be doing everything oh, yeah. right, mm -hmm. and here they come a rolling through town. You know, and it doesn't matter if you don't do anything right at all. Good times will come. You know, it's mm -hmm. just, that's just part of life. There's always going to be prosperity and there's always going to be, you know, the other side of the ladder. So it's like, if you're going to have suffering naturally in your life, wouldn't you rather somewhat control what the suffering is? That's why I tell people to work out. I'm like, if you wake up in the morning and you kind of destroy your body, then at the middle of the day, when something cataclysmic happens, you don't have anything in your brain to drop. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. already you already ran the four miles. You mm -hmm. already lifted the heavy thing mm -hmm. and put it somewhere else. You yeah, know, right. like you already did all that. So it helps you mitigate these stresses. And same with like drawing and stuff. Like sometimes a drawing is more of like a really complicated puzzle to me. Yes. You yeah. know, it's like I'm spending hours trying to figure out if I want to use ultraviolet or cerulean blue. And I still, to this day, don't know the difference. I'm just hoping one looks better than the other. Uh, indigo, I think. Yeah, we should. Indigo does look actually pretty good. I use that for space a lot. <laughs> I tell people, like, you know, you can either have these good problems or you can have bad problems, you know, but you're going to have problems either way. But the thing is, if you practice problems, practice good problems, when the bad problems come, you will have some sort of understanding on how to deal with it. Or at bare minimum, they won't stress you out as much because you already put a lot of stress on yourself. You're like, oh, I've got this deadline for maybe I want to finish this painting or this song so I can play it. You know, oh, I've been wanting to, I've got to work out this morning. I, I want to get better at these things. So then when something happens that's out of your control, let's say like a family member sick and stuff like that, and you have to mitigate it, you now kind of you're a little bit less stressed about it and you can just kind of instead of wasting your time feeling really 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 hurt in the situation you can just go and do the right thing about mm -hmm. it and be mm -hmm. there with them because sometimes people spend their good moments dreading the bad moments that haven't yet exactly. to come mm -hmm. you know like you're gonna see sad things in your life why worry about them at the good days you know so yeah. Sorry if I've dragged on a little bit long no, with these. I think, I think this is critical because the, when, you, when you think about what fear and worry say to us, and it operates in the virtual, it doesn't operate in the real, yeah. fear and worry is, is pushing a, putting the gas pedal down on a what-if scenario, and then we're following it, and we're, we're focused on that future-oriented thing that never happened, that won't happen. But fear and worry is gifted in taking our minds to that place. What do you do in that? 
when we're trying and you brought up the idea of control and that a matter of fact that's what this podcast much of what it's about is um, lieutenant colonel kim wanted us to discuss issues of control when marines and sailors are tr trying to control parts of their lives and and there it, you can't control so and those things you're talking about you cannot control them i'm just wondering like in your own life has there been something in your own life and in your own world that you wanted to control but figured you couldn't control? You understood, I can't control this. This is impossible to control. So you tried something different. I was wondering if you could tell the listening audience about that and what you might have done when you figured there's no way to control yeah, this circumstance. Well... Enlisting in the military is kind of losing control of a lot of aspects <laughs> of your life. I'm right there with you, brother. Yeah. yeah. You can't grow a beard, can't have shaggy hair no more. All you got is a mustache, and you can't own a cat if you live in the barracks. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's a lot of control going out your hands right there. Yep. Um, but, yeah, like uh, last year for Christmas, I um, missed it because I was on a deployment, you know, mm -hmm. and that was something that. I never really wanted to do, not just for me, but for my family. I only mm. got so many Christmases with them total. And, um, yeah, I I think I kind of lost grasp of control far before I joined the military. And I think where that came from was just kind of like dealing with a lot of people. I've always been kind of a social person who has, you know, friends and acquaintances and maybe enemies, you know, and I, the, the control thing was never really a big deal because a lot of the time people didn't want to sit around and paint for six hours and then go play guitar. Right. You know, so yeah. I ended up doing what they would want to do. And mm -hmm. I learned very quick how to like adapt to other people. I was like, well, you're not going to sit and draw, but I guess I'll go to the Creek and swim around. You know, yeah. I, I think that control is kind of more of an inward thing. Mm. You know, I can't control, if someone screams at me, but I can control my half of the situation. And with that, you make millions of variables in of its own, mm. you know, because there really are a million different ways to skin that particular class or that cat. Sorry. Someone says, hey, how's your day? You could say, oh, it's raining. I hate it. You could say, oh, it's raining. I love it. You could say you might not even notice the rain. You could mm -hmm. say, did you read the paper this morning? It's crazy. And in doing so you make this giant spider web of possibilities with your half of the control. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean that you don't like, if this was a card game, you give the turn back to them then yeah. and they now create their own infinite possibilities. But people focus so much more on their turn and their, their half, the interaction and trying to control that half or, you know, even like, in the military, like the Marine Corps, like they have their half, but I still get 30 days of leave and all these 96s. And, yeah. you yeah. know, I wouldn't say I get 12 hours off. I mean, I do including sleep, but I get, I get a couple hours off where I'm awake. And even during work, there's some times where I got some downtime, you know, and, uh, my half of my control with the Marine Corps is pretty good. I still get to paint. I still get to draw, still get to have a girlfriend and, Go to the beach, you know, and even though that sometimes their half is like get a haircut and um, don't put a cat in the barracks. Um, <laughs> what about a cougar? Yeah. What about a mountain Maybe lion? Maybe a mountain lion. <laughs> yeah. Big old monster PF cat. PF-44 that's cruising around Malibu. Just yeah. go capture him. Mm -hmm. Bring him into the barracks. 
But I can't really be mad because their half of their control also landed me in Southern California with, with no rent. And I'm going to the beach and yeah. it's like Baywatch. I got sunglasses on. <laughs> I, you don't look like David Hasselhoff, though. I'm not. Yeah. Or The Rock. I think that's the newer Baywatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're much more handsome than that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> to each their own, you Teach know. <laughs> I would like a blonde Tom Selleck or, a, yes. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm thinking, thank you for that, by the way. And I, I, I believe it to, it'll be enormously helpful for the listening audience just to hear your ideas. Um, you're, you're such a chill dude. And again, so well respected and you've been able to foster such trust. And as we're hearing what you're saying, like, and I'm going back to just an earlier thing you said that in how you foster trust and the importance of trust and this whole idea of, of like care for your people, listen to your people, stand up for them, make a bond, joke around, use humor. All of these things are important, being kind, loving, and forgiving. All of these things are important to foster trust in leadership and in life and in love. But I think that my understanding is that people really respect that in you. And that comes out of your lived experience. So we really appreciate this conversation with you. Oh, absolutely. When John and I were thinking about, okay, let's get a junior enlisted, we kept thinking, oh, yeah, Corporal Coons, this would be great. No brainer. And it's been yeah. such a lovely conversation. And, and now I'm inspired to maybe watch some Spider-Man with my kids, <laughs> yeah. read some comic books, but also this idea for me to have some goal also in mind, right? Something I'm striving for even at the age of 41 Yeah, that, that maybe I've put off or I just haven't, I don't know, but I'm going to try to just do that because I do know it brings some inspiration into my life. And I just... Again, just want to thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for who you've become and and also being willing to put the paintbrush down and hang out with those Marines <laughs> as well. Yeah. And I think that's a huge piece of that, too, because on the one hand, what I heard from you, obviously a chaplain loves to hear this type of talk is, you know what, I'm going to go do something for, I'm going to get rid of my own selfish desires and give my time and my heart and my interest in someone else and to gift them that. And I just want to say thank you. You've gifted your time to us and your story to us and some really good advice, to be honest. And I'm looking forward to the art gallery. I'm being dead serious when I say this. I need date ideas with my wife. (laughs) And she, my wife's a painter as well, and we love going out and seeing some galleries and all that stuff. So I'm looking forward to not only getting to know you a little bit more, more we're gonna play some guitar and some drums i'll get on the oh, drum yeah. kit nice. i gotta hear that Jim. oh yeah, yeah. And, and then also thank you for for just being who you are just being yeah. not only hard working but enjoyable to be around yeah right so very enjoyable yeah thank you so much you any know. last words hey for cb let's go marine corps hoorah, there you we know? go there super we go super breed baby <laughs> yeah super yeah. breed super, <laughs> super breed there we go super thank breed. you so much corporal coons yeah. god bless thanks, you thanks charles you have a great day you thank too. you
depths again. You were my loving steward.